Welcome to Real World Theology Minisodes. On occasion, to cover some of the most important and most beloved films in history, we're going to record shorter episodes with just a few pointed questions in order to talk about movies that we love. On this Real World Minisode, we'll be talking about Star Wars Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back. It was directed by Irvin Kirshner. Uh, the screenplay was kind of a combination job between Lee Brackett and Lawrence Kasdan with the story, uh, I guess, in supervision sort of by George Lucas. It stars Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, and Billy D. Williams. So uh, you may ask who will join me in talking about this today. Well, from Real World Theology, our very own Laura Fissel is here. Welcome, Laura. Hello. And joining her and myself uh, from the Real Thinking blog is Blaine Grimes back on the show. Welcome, Blaine. Hey, hey. <laughs> I like how it's like, what are they going to say? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, so since this is a minisode, again, we're just going to jump right in. So, Blaine, like we usually do, you get the first smattering of these questions because you're the guy on Skype, so we never know when you want to jump in, so we give you the chance to jump in first. So, when we're talking about The Empire Strikes Back, it's a it's a film that is most people's favorite in the current set of Star Wars films that are out there now. And I feel like if it's ever, if it's most people's favorite or even if it's not their favorite, it's, you know, it's up there. There's got to be a reason, there's got to be something about it that is connecting with people. So in your estimation or in your opinion, what is one big idea that you can take away from The Empire Strikes Back? Well, something that struck me uh, watching it again pretty recently that I, I don't know that I'd thought about uh, in past viewing experiences is kind of related to that debate that kind of surround, that surrounds the, this film and Star Wars as a whole. And, you know, there's there's the debate between, you know, is Star Wars, you know, Christian mythology or is it uh, Eastern religions? And I'm not really interested in, in getting into that debate itself. But one thing that struck out to me that does seem very Christian to me uh, in these films is the idea that you see um, on the planet Dagobah here in The Empire Strikes Back when Luke is learning about the Force and, he, and he's talking with Yoda. And it really struck me this time how um, the Force is this is this sort of supernatural thing that's out there, but it's it's very near to, to the world that, that Luke is in and that, that everyone else inhabits. Um, and it made me think about how uh, we think about the supernatural as Christians. I mean, it seems like now uh, we, we've kind of moved moved away in recent history from thinking about heaven and the supernatural as something very, very immediate and uh, very close and very present to us. And we think of it more as something very distant, right? Um, hell is hell is way down beneath us and heaven is way up above us. Mm -hmm. um, and it's very separate from, from where we are. But I think... You see, historically in the Christian faith, you see, um, you see God working in His creation, and part of God being Creator is that that He's very present and He's very near, in a way that's similar to the way the Force is depicted in uh, in the Empire Strikes Back, and that was something that really kind of struck me afresh. Um, no, here, that I like I hadn't, that. that I hadn't thought about before. Yeah, I would say I really like that because especially those interactions that they have on Dagobah. It, between Yoda and Luke, and Yoda just keeps like trying to to press this thing and just press this idea into Luke that 
you know, like the dark side, uh, this idea that there, you know, one, that there is good and bad, basically. Like, um, there, there's almost like, you know, darkness and light. There, there's these battling things, and it's not just like within us, it's, it's in everything. And the easiest thing to do is to choose the darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you, the, the immediate is the darkness, the, the long term, the, you know, the big picture is almost like the light, um, uh, or the good side of the force. And it, it's bringing this reality of this, uh, otherworldly, like I said, kind of, kind of like you're talking about, not necessarily to make it Christian or, or Eastern religion type thing, but to, to bring a spiritual aspect into a material world in a very real and present way. You know, it's like that, it's like the scene where, uh, Luke, Luke can kind of believe that there are certain things that are beyond comprehension. You know, like I can lift some rocks, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but you can't believe that there's something powerful enough to lift an X-wing fighter out of a swamp, you know? Right. And it's this, this, this idea that you can, there's something else intangible that is more powerful than anything. And it does, it does also make me think it's one of the things that strikes me about all the movies. Well, mostly the, mostly four five and six, because I think it, it plays on that idea a little bit heavier than the, um, than the prequels that there can be something that you don't understand that seems intangible, that is more powerful and brings a supernatural aspect. And I think that's really odd that, our culture would grasp onto something like that, especially what you've already pointed out, Blaine, that, you know, we don't really, we think of either, you know, heaven's far below heaven, heaven is far above. Um, and supernatural things don't really happen anymore. That's, that's yeah. really interesting. Cause I was thinking about, so mine has a lot to do with my big idea has a lot to do with the force too, obviously, but, um, I was thinking about the characters in this film that don't uh, express a belief in the Force, um, but how powerful it still is in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, Han. He's the one that's really verbal about how it's all hogwash and whatever. But <laughs> he's still he's still um, drawn into it. And I would what I'm calling like the Force in the in this context is this idea of connectivity that Yoda talks about, that everything is connected and like, like all people, all of nature, everything is connected. And so I feel like that's what Han is drawn into. He, because he says that he's better off being a loner. He can take care of himself, Mm -hmm. but he always is drawn back into this camaraderie with his friends. And that's, it just seems to me that that could be a manifestation of, the force or this kind of like spiritual connectivity mm-hmm. in Han's life that he's not recognizing as the force. Mm. Yeah. And, I, and I'm pretty sure that throughout, you know, talking about any of these star Wars films, that's something that we can hit on. And, and it's really interesting to me that again, and I'm pretty sure I said this on the, the, a new hope podcast that people could be okay with this in science fiction. Mm hmm. You know, it seems like in science fiction, people try to get as far away as possible from spirituality, but Star Wars just kind of puts it right up there. 
that they do you know they put it right up in front of you in a new hope and then empire really doubles down on it like mm-hmm. when they made empire they could have taken a step back and been like okay let's not make this so serious about the force and you know things like that but they doubled down and like you know he, luke goes to become a jedi which means we're going to learn more about the force we're going to learn that you know it's not just something that uh you know uh, obi-wan can wave his hand and get past some stormtroopers like the like I said, these are things that are lifting X-wing fighters. These are things that are connecting all people. These are things that can you know repel blasters. And you know this is like this is like a, a big deal. Um, so one thing that we haven't hit on, and I think is a theme that we haven't hit on, and I don't think we're going to hit on a lot uh, going through most of these movies, is the fact that. There's this idea in Empire, and it almost seems like that that uh, masochistic idea uh, that it's like sometimes the good guys don't win. There's this um, there's this beauty in like almost failure in Empire that even when uh, things are terrible, when it seems like almost nothing's going your way. Uh, I, I feel like there's like a I feel like there's a speech from like Mall Rats or Clerks or some some Kevin Smith movie where he talks about uh, you know Empire's the best because like look at what's what's up you know like Luke's got his hand cut off uh, you know he, uh, Vader's trying to get him to turn to the dark side he's not fin- uh, Luke's not finishing his training uh, Han's in carbonite C three PO's in pieces like ev- you know everything's all going to crap mm-hmm. um, but yet. There's like people love it, and I don't think it's because they just want to feel terrible. It's because there's this underlying, like underlying theme of hope in Empire that we st- kind of like what Laura, you know, what Laura, you're saying. Like we still have each other. Mm-hmm. There's something that's still bringing us together. There's something that still gives us hope in the midst of tragedy. Um, yeah, and I mean, like you were saying earlier. Uh, the, um... There on Dagobah, there, there's this idea that Yoda keeps reinforcing is it's easy to turn to the dark side, right? Mm-hmm. This is the easy path. It's it's hard to be it's hard to be with the light. Um, and so again, you have this idea that's constantly being thrown out there of, of um, self sacrifice and um, denying yourself. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think that's another reason it it, it resonates with us um, as Christians and with with a more general audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's all like I said, it's just so much. There's so many themes to it. I wish that's why I wanted to try to keep it to like one big theme. But like, I would I would be remiss to uh, at least mention like you know like Luke going in and having to you know into that cave on Dagobah, fighting what he thinks is the enemy, but ends up being basically just a manifestation of um, his yeah. anger and hatred, you know, and the symbolism that we have for that, and uh, it just makes me think about how many. How many video games do that now? You know, like they always have. It's like you fight the mini boss, then you fight the boss, then you fight the main boss, then you fight the secret boss. But then the ultimate thing <laughs> is you have to defeat like your image or your clone, you know, mm. like your evil self, um, having to overcome something else inside you. So, um, all right. So uh, shifting gears slightly. As I stated in the beginning, you know, Empire is a lot of people's favorite movie in the entire Star Wars franchise. Uh, I think rightfully so in a lot of respects. I think it would be 
odd for this to be so many people's favorite movie, not only because it has themes that are important, but because it, um, if it didn't connect with people on a personal level. So what I would be interested to know is outside of, you know, like what the, what the film does well is why do you, why do you keep coming back to watch this film, Blaine? Like, what is it about it that, what, what does it mean to you kind of personally? Um, why can't you stay away? Yeah, so I, I first saw this uh, this movie when I was, in fact, all of the, well, all of the Star Wars movies. So that means four, <laughs> five, and six. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, sorry if you're doing one of the one, two, or three episodes. Um, there's only three of them. Uh, no, I saw, I, saw these when I, I saw these when I was about five years old, and my parents were going through a divorce at the time. And I was living with my, I lived with my dad after the divorce, and um, he was an alcoholic, and uh, it, was, it was a really bad family situation. And I think now, you know, retrospectively, I kind of look back on, uh, on how much I loved this movie because I was obsessed with it. I mean, I remember getting all these Star Wars uh, Christmas presents. I, just, I watched the movies at least once a week. Um, was completely obsessed with it, and I think part of the reason that I was particularly drawn to this one because I was it, it, it's my favorite um, of the Star Wars films is because of things like that scene that you mentioned, where uh, where Luke goes in and uh, thinks he's fighting his father, but realizes he's um, he's fighting himself, and you know then you know then the fact that there is so much daddy trouble in <laughs> in this movie, um, I think I think that that spoke to me. And I think even those, you know, like I said, a lot of those themes we brought up about, um, denying yourself about, um, taking, uh, you know, taking the sacrificial, uh, route and things like that. I think those spoke to me in a way that I didn't even, I didn't even realize. I mean, I certainly didn't realize it at the time. Right. I didn't watch. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch that scene in, in Dagobah and be like, Oh, so that's like, I'm going through this situation and, <laughs> I've got a, you know, I was five years old, but I yeah, think the, it was still working on that level and, you know, subconsciously. On the, yeah. And uh, I think that's one reason this uh, this film still sticks with me more than any of the other Star Wars. Films. I would say the most self aware five year old in yeah. all, <laughs> in the, any galaxy ever. So, yeah. so my midichlorian uh, my midichlorian count was uh, was pretty high. <laughs> midichlorian? I'm not sure what you're talking about. I've only got four, five, and six to work. With. <laughs> Um, okay. Okay. Well, actually, so a follow up question to that, um, not, not to ignore the, the deep parts of what you just shared, because I think you're not the only one, you know, like there, there's, there's dad stuff in this, there's family stuff and, uh, all that, but you're saying that you're watching these when you're five. Like, do you understand what's happening in these movies when you're five? Like, do you remember like grasping everything? At that um, age? No, sir. I certainly didn't grasp everything. I watched him so much, I had it memorized. But I think part of it too is um, so moving away from the more personal stuff and the and the retro, retrospective stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to meet Yoda. Yeah. Like Yoda is super cool when you when you're a kid. <laughs> I mean, you get to meet all of these new characters. You get, I mean, the lightsaber battles. Um, there's, you know. They're, they're way cooler in this one than they were in A New Hope. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you're meeting all of these these cool new characters and, and seeing how big this universe is. And 
I think that's something that um, was just really awesome to me as, as a little kid too. Do you, do you remember about what age it was when it started kind of clicking? Uh, it was, was it, probably, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, or was it kind of like a, you know, um, is, is really understanding some of the stuff happening in Star Wars, kind of like the, the two different versions of conversion experiences where people can either say like on this date, like that's when I became a Christian or some people who would be like, oh, I look back over the past year and I realize that I've slowly been, you know, uh, understanding this more and uh, becoming a Christian over this past year. Um, is it, or are the, would those be similar to maybe? Yeah, I would definitely say it's the latter. I mean, I, you know, I accepted Star Wars into my heart when I was a little kid. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm just now, you know, I'm still experiencing the, the you know, riches and depths of it. Yeah. So yeah, it's de- it was definitely like that. I mean, I'm still still seeing things. But I mean, I'm asking for a friend because, you know, at some point we're going to have to figure out <laughs> what age, you know, I, I feel like that's the reason to have children, right? Yeah, Star Wars is the reason to procreate. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason. Like, you have to you have to be a good enough parent to allow your children to survive to whatever age it is that you can uh, consciously or in good conscience um, show them Star Wars. So... That's that's my parenting goals. <laughs> I'm sure Laura would be exactly uh, on the same page about that. Uh, speaking of Laura, <laughs> Laura, what about this film, or some to some degree, like you know how this film fits into the franchise? Uh, does th- does it kind of affect you personally, or does it stick with you? I think that my personal experience with this movie is really wrapped up in the whole. Um, well, I'm going to say franchise, but I really just mean, I really mean the first three. Um, and I'm only now reflecting on this um, many, many years later. So this is not something that I realized as a child, but um, my parents were pretty careful about what kinds of movies we watched. So we weren't exposed to a lot of different things, but Star Wars was one of our favorites. Um, other than that, we pretty much just watched like movie adaptations and classic literature and (laughs) ice skating and Little House on the Prairie. Um, But Star Wars was in there because, and I've talked to my dad about this, and he just said that um, he just thought it was really imaginative. It really captured him. And also the the good versus bad was so clear to him that it was, I guess that was kind of his justification for it being like an okay film to show (laughs) his kids. But But not Harry Potter for some reason. Oh, no, no, absolutely (laughs) not. So anyway, so we watched them a lot growing up. They were some of our favorites. And as a creative person and a writer, I feel like, um, I mean, even today, science fiction is one of my favorite things to read and experience and write. And I think that Star Wars really does factor into that because, um, and especially as you can see in this film, in Empire, it's just such a huge world that's full of of new and imaginative things. And as I reflected on Empire, I thought about how I I feel like more than any other film, you go to so many different places, like a lot of different terrains and Mm -hmm. climates and with different creatures and um, even them ending up in the mouth of that creature in the fall in the million and in the, what can't I think of the name of the ship? (laughs) Yes. I'm talking that up to pregnancy brain. Um, 
Yeah, so I, as a writer, I have always, and I've written like my whole, whole life, I've always felt permission to, to explore any place that comes to my mind. Nothing feels silly or off limits or too out there. And um, I think films like this really contributed to me feeling like I had permission to really write about whatever I imagined. Hmm. Um, I think that's, I think it's a really great point. Um, a point that I don't think, again, that you would be alone on. I know tons of, tons of people. I know a, a number of people who are inspired by Star Wars, uh, things like Star Trek, you know, some of the original pioneering kind of sci-fi shows. Mm -hmm. And they feel liberty um, because of the things that they've seen done before. Uh, I know for me, Empire especially taught me how to woo a woman. Really? You know, Laura might know some of these things. <laughs> she may remember some of these things from dating. Uh, we We currently have couples pillows that say I love you and I know um, the most romantic phrase in all of science fiction history our whole relationship our whole... now makes sense to me <laughs> <laughs> for the first time in 10 years oh so uh, <laughs> aside from that serious slash not so serious uh, personal effect um, I would say that Empire to me is great because it was one of the because because it's one of the few stories that doesn't have a happy ending that you're exposed to I think as as a uh, a kid I think most films that are either directed towards children or that are kind of gated by parents or guardians or you know aunts or uncles and babysitters like all all those typically are gated to easy to understand typically you know the the happy animal gets the happy thing he was trying to get by the end of the <laughs> film and for some reason we let kids watch empire and terrible things happen in empire um and it's not a happy ending and it kind of taught me that things don't have to end positive to end well. Hmm. And I think that affected me when it came to story. Some like I I enjoy stories that don't that aren't wrapped up in a bow. It explains why I don't like most Kendrick brother movies because they're all wrapped up in a bow because Christianity obviously can be, can be wrapped up in a bow and once you believe in Jesus your life is perfect and you're happy and you get everything you want. Quote quoteth the Joel Osteen, you know like the, like life isn't like that and having to come face to face with these ideas that life doesn't always give you what you want but that doesn't mean that you just roll over and die you know uh when there's when there's things that are overpowering you don't have to just accept it you can resist it hmm. um there are connections that are bigger and that are more important than yourself you know, Luke shows us this, uh, Han, Chewie, you know, we, we, it's Lando, even though he kind of, he's forced in, you know, his hands forced on some levels, he still chooses to throw away all that he has, um, for friendship hmm. and loyalty, uh, in spite 
of still not really winning the day. And we don't know how the story is going to end. At least at that point. At least on our first viewing of Empire. You know? Um, so it really, like I said, it really, um, it really helped me understand that uh, a happy story isn't necessarily the only kind of good story. Um, so kind of like a meta, a meta point from me. Um, but we still have just a couple minutes left. So I wanted to give you guys a chance to, if you, if you can, again, great movie, hard to do in a great movie. What's your, what's your favorite, favorite part about this movie? And it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to be a scene, just whatever. Favorite part of this movie. And sorry, Blaine. We're finally going to do ladies first. So Laura, what's your, <laughs> what's your, what's your favorite part of Empire? Oh, I, I can't get away from the whole Han and Leia on the ship bantering. I mean, that's always a classic. <laughs> just. I mean, just like watching their romance unfold in a very unlikely way mm -hmm. is always fun. And especially when they're trapped in the ship together. Don't do that. My hands are dirty. <laughs> My hands are dirty, too. I mean, yeah. See? I always love watching that. So, obviously, yes. This was what uh, got Laura and I together. <laughs> That's like a, an exact replica of a conversation we've had before. <laughs> <laughs> my hands are dirty too. But some of my greatest lines, some of my favorite lines are from this. Some of the most quotable lines are from this. Well, th that that's a good point because uh, I remember Laura asked me right before the show started. She was like, "Who else is going to be on this one?" I'm like, "Blaine is going to be on this one, and he's a scoundrel. You'll like him." <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Blaine, what was your what's your favorite part of Empire? Um, I'm gonna. It's a totally uh, nostalgic pick, but um, Luke, I am your father. Uh, I just remember, I remember my reaction when I, when I saw that for the first time, um, and I'll never forget it. And so I think, uh, anytime, you know, every time I see that I'm brought back to my first, my first experience with that and it, uh, just still means a lot to me. I'm really sad cause I can't remember that moment. What it felt like to mm -hmm. discover that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I was too young to understand what was happening. And then, you know, it was common conversation after that. So mm -hmm. I, like the punch didn't hit me like a, again, yeah. the reason to procreate, to <laughs> to videotape that moment and put it on YouTube. <laughs> um, well, uh, quickly I'll say that probably my favorite moment, um, just because it's so dang cool. Um, so you know, like chauvinism aside, but when we finally get Leia, like thinking it might be the last time she's gonna see Han, and says like I love you, and she just blurts it out. And he just looks back and is like, I know, you know, like it, it could be the, it could be the most like, you know, women oppressing line, you know, like it, but I don't think it is. I think it's so, it's almost beautiful, you know, like he's like, Hey, I know, you know, I knew the whole time. That's why I've been, you know, trying to get your hands dirty. So I, I just, I just love that. I love that line. I, I don't, I don't know which writer wrote that, but it's golden. So Such a romantic. You know, that's me. <laughs> well, um, so we're out of time for this mini-sode, but we'll make sure you can follow our guests on the internet. So check Real World Theology at www.realworldtheology.com for this episode and the show notes. Uh, thanks for listening, and until next time, remember that story is powerful and entertainment is not mindless. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.